1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
3: Never mind the bollocks, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Rabble preview show, sponsored by Betfair. The North London and Manchester derbies are upon us. It's Friday, 30th September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm the
4: Hunter Raja. And I'm Andy Russell.
3: Hi, Tech, my Freundens. How are we? (laughs) Good. 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 Very good. Very good. A little too good, if you know what I mean, Vish.
4: No, um, why? Why are you trying to do me down? I haven't seen you for a while, brother man. (laughs) It has been a while, yeah.
3: Oh, my goodness. You're looking fantastic. Thank you. you What I want to know is, Vish, you can begin with this. What are you looking forward to this weekend?
4: I think Keep I it am. Clean. It's going to be very clean. It's going to be totally football related, and it's I suppose it's happening on Monday. I, I think yeah, Monday. Yeah, I'm Monday. For... Famousl,y not a part of the weekend. It's not, but it's part. It depends of Depends f- how you live your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weekend starts on Thursday and ends on Tuesday. I we see. know this. We've been uh-huh. through this before. Just got
3: to get through that Wednesday.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to Nottingham Forest against Leicester City. Why? Because it's a derby, is it? They're both outside of London. They're a bit Midlandsy. That's derby enough <laughs> oh for everyone. Yeah, okay. Um, and I don't know. They're just two clubs in quite funny places at the moment. Mm. And um, yeah, like, fun, it's, funny how
3: to quote Joe Pesci
4: like, in Goodfellas. The, the East Midlands is quite a funny places, isn't it? It's not quite the Midlands. It's don't got, call it that. It's got an airport. Get, a, get a different name. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that because it's, um, it feels like a six-pointer already, and what like an established club with an oh. established squad uh-huh. and a club trying to I suppose yes. gel these players together. I see. I don't think F- that'd be quite fun.
3: Andy Brassel, uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? And would you like to disrespect a region of England as well?
2: no you know what I want to do the reverse I want to stand up for an English institution in the Premier League I'm very much looking forward to a fully refreshed Manchester United after their couple of weeks off showing Erling Haaland that it's not his Premier League it's theirs oh it's it's theirs wow big Big talk talk from
3: the brass there okay Jimmy, what about you? What are you looking forward to? I'm
5: also weekend? looking forward to the Manchester derby, but I'm particularly looking forward to the return of player cam mm. as it focuses entirely on Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench <laughs> um, until he comes on I in see. about, I reckon, the 76th minute. Right enough. Um, so
3: you're, you're looking forward to that more than the North London derby? I'm Shows trying not scared, to think mate, about that. scared, <laughs> <laughs> mate. Um, scared. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Well, let's begin with the North London derby, Jimmy. We mates. Uh, and, and that's where the Premier League on Saturday begins at 12.30, of course. Arsenal... Or as we like to call them, uh, currently top of the league, Arsenal. Mm. It's, it's, it is apparently just a fact. Yeah, for now. I just assumed it was Erling Haaland on his own. On his own, up climbing up, <laughs> uh, <laughs> stamping on the others as he goes down, <laughs> smashing every rung behind him. Yeah, but he's actually he's he's actually separating Arsenal and Tottenham at the moment. <laughs> uh, so it's first versus third, all to play for. Of course, how are you feeling about this? Nervous as always. Um, you really do get nervous in this.
5: I do. Um, I think it. I think that goes both ways. I think both sets of fans get nervous. This, however, the form of the teams are mm. wherever the game is, uh, it's really a nerve wracking one. Um, so, Spurs haven't won at the Emirates since 2010, which is surprising because I suppose because draws feel like de- defeats, and there have been plenty of those. Mm. Um, I think Spurs are very, very good on the counter mm. this season, and I think that has been the vulnerability we've seen from Arsenal, certainly based on Old Trafford um so they need to think about that and they need to tighten that up so i think spurs will probably go into this quite confident they're very difficult to break down so arsenal's creative players martin Odegaard in particular mm-hmm. really needs to be on top of his game but actually one of the great things about this 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 fixture is that both teams are always really really pumped for it and really on top of it so just essentially got to keep your heads not do a rob holding from last season and <laughs> and just try and just essentially surf the wave of energy and emotion to a win, so I'm. I'm. You can hear how nervous <laughs> I am. Right I'm just <laughs> yeah. keep it's, talking. It's a really, really bizarre thing the way it affects you. No other game affects me like this. I it, see. Possibly not even England in finals of things, which I've only seen. We've once. only got one example of that. Yeah. Yet, <laughs> <don't we? laughs> um,
3: Andy Brassel. I, I think I get the impression that that people might f- fancy Spurs generally over Arsenal here, but yeah, Arsenal are top of the league. What do you think? Who do you think are in better shakes at the moment?
2: Um, Because they've both made
3: impressive starts to the season.
2: Yeah, but I think Arsenal have played the better football so far this season. I don't think there's really any disputing that. And um, a lot of the time, and I I know this is like an Antonio Conte trope, it feels like um, playing a sort of coherent football and getting good results are are, are two total totally different things really with, with with his teams and it's felt like that a, a lot for Spurs this season you know they've felt a little bit clunky on occasions so I could definitely imagine Arsenal having more of this game whether that translates into a positive result is a, another thing because of course I think with the Arsenal um, side of it you just have that Manchester United game in the, in, the, in the back of their minds you know a game that they could and maybe should have won But you had that feeling going into it. And I don't know if this is just the feeling you've got from Arsenal going back over the last couple of years. It's something I should ask Jim, really, rather than just pontificate. You know, you had that feeling going in that they would find a way to cock it up at Old Trafford. And they did find a way to to, to Mm. cock it up at Old Trafford, despite having... um, enough of the game and enough of the chances uh, to, to to win it. So I could see Spurs not playing brilliantly and, and getting a result in, in this game, um, which is uh, uh, going back to that sort of feeling that you describe going in. But if, if Arsenal could get a positive result, it would be a, a, a huge statement. And it would make me feel great for, for Jim because just before he came on, he had this... <laughs> he, he was saying, Gabriel Martinelli's trending on Twitter. Oh my God, there must be something wrong with <laughs> so I feel how so people like it. him.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, think it, I think there's an element of that, Andy, in which you are challenge, challenge, um, channeling uh, the spirit of William Gallas, who's still with us at the, as, as far as I'm aware. Don't want to uh, mislead you there. But um, he, of course, played for Arsenal and Spurs and said that Arsenal have a better chance of winning the title this season than Tottenham because he said Tottenham are not nice to watch. He also put it down <laughs> to the fact that Arsenal... Um, and not playing in the in, in the Champions League and uh, and on Tottenham, he said they play the Italian style of football. It's not very nice to watch, uh, but I think it's very difficult to play against.
2: It's vicious,
3: I suppose. Are they not nice or nice to watch?
4: I, th- I think they haven't played that well this season. I wouldn't Say they're not nice to watch. I think no, Dallas I has quite... been a bit harsh on his former club. Mm, there. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Well. Um, I mean, evidently, he feels more attached to Arsenal.
3: It <laughs> <laughs> would, would appear.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think the. I kind of think going into this game, like that, it, there's a real, there's a nourishing win there for someone to take. When you think mm. about the way that, like, Arsenal have played well, but mm. are yet to beat a big team. And I think, you know, Basil mentioned the Manchester United game. And I think ha- coming in close proximity to this game, I know it's basically been like a month and a bit, mm. but, you know, it was only two games ago. You'd feel that because they had that game, Arteta would, you'd hope he'd have learnt something. Because I think, you know, the problem with how they managed that game was, as soon as they got into it, they started chasing it, yeah. which was a, a weird hmm. dynamic. I kind of understand what he was going for, but it felt like the kind of thing that you can only get away with later on in the season when everyone's a bit more established in what they have to do. It felt a little bit too gung-ho. And I wonder having that experience will no doubt kind of lead him into this. And and so I suppose to go back to my initial point, if they win, it feels like, right, this is, we can take this Arsenal team seriously. Yeah. And, I, and I say that someone who, t- who takes them seriously now, but I think more broadly, it feels like, you know, maybe even the squad amongst themselves would be like, right, fuck, that was, mm. that's a good win here. The flip side would be Spurs, because they haven't played well, yeah. could could almost, well, to beat Arsenal, they would have to play well, if mm. that makes sense. And they've so, certainly
5: got that within their squad. Yeah. it's a really a kind of nice thing as well, is that there's, te- apart from poor Emil Smith-Rowe, who's going to be up until December yeah, and need, needs surgery, there's, there's, pretty clean bill of health in both squads as far as I understand it. Mm. So,
4: And none of your Brazilians played at the... No, uh, exactly. Greece. So they Egypt, should be though. fresh and rested, I should say hopefully. that
3: Tierney Partey and Zinchenko and Tomiyasu all missed some of all the international break um, because of injury, but apparently they're in contention. They did. I think actually in some of those cases, I think they were essentially released early, which is
5: nice to see international teams doing that ahead of, you know, a really punishing schedule before the World Cup.
3: Mm. Do, you, do you think there could be a bit of... Uh... Feistiness between Arteta Bit and Conte. Oh, absolutely, yeah. of course, yeah, you, and that's what we want to see. Well, do you, do, you
4: not, do you not remember how last season ended, where you know Spurs beat Arsenal? I, 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 I'm sure Champions, Jim very yeah. much remembers. But, that. but then the press, <laughs> the, but then the press conferences afterwards. Yeah. You know, Conte did um, a live hit, and then generally they do like a embargo thing for the next day, and then bec- I think because of the schedule, he did one for you know 48 hours later as well. Mm-hmm. Did he
3: do one for the Amazon Prime documentary for Arsenal? There (laughs) you (laughs) go. Put this at the end of your show.
4: (laughs) But he basically used all three Mm. to... He he first took the piss out of Arteta. Well, well, criticised Arteta for being immature in the way he acts on the sideline. Coming from Conte, by the way. (laughs) That's going up
5: on the dressing room wall, by the way, on on Saturday. He's nowhere near aggressive enough.
4: (laughs) Then he used the one 24 hours later to explain what he meant, yep. and then the 48-hour mm. one to be like, but, you know, he he's, he's a young lad, he learned basically three... Amazing. Amazing. He's basically <laughs> signed three different checks, yep. dated them yes, for a year yeah. apart, and like, right, <laughs> this is for when you grow up. <laughs> this is when your first teeth come out. Yeah, university. <laughs> yeah. But
3: do you think then, on the Spurs dressing room, he might put up, you know, Arteta's oh, heart and uh, brain? With the, the hand in hand, you know, the little drawing yes, he yeah, did, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure most mm. of us, if not all of us know now. Do you think he's going to deface that and put it up, <laughs> you know, like drawing a like, funny moustache on it, silly hair? Well,
4: surely he should break into the Arsenal dressing room and, yeah, well, okay, but, and, yeah, you know, mess around with that. That yeah. would be
3: better. That that, that would be better. Um, talking of Conte, though, um, uh, Dan Kulosevsky has, has spoken about um, his, uh, his leader. And said, I'm happy to work under Conte Which, <laughs> you know, um, just as well Trust me, I've never seen anyone in my life As motivated as Antonio Conte His words enter into your heart Which is a different N-none take None of that is surprising, is it? But it's a different take to Andrea Pirlo Who I've quoted a few times before on the show said, when, when Antonio Conte speaks His words assault you <laughs> Yeah So when he says it goes into your heart I mean, what, like a dagger? Well, it's because Kulisevsky's letting him in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. maybe Because His fist goes, goes into <laughs> your face <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Exactly His I, teeth go into your face to your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what I want from this fixture. I want a bit of needle between Arteta and Conte, and I think we're going to get it.
4: I don't even think we have to wish for it. I think yeah, it's just going to happen. It's very likely. Mm. They're both yeah. very animated on the
3: touchline. It's a it's a kind of pressure cooker
5: environment. Mm. Uh, the rivalry is is you know we know what the rivalry is. Yeah. I think if you're hoping for that, it's, it's like hoping the game will be played on grass. I, I also th- <laughs> I also
4: think, and I, and maybe maybe this weekend will be the test of it, mm. but if that does happen, if there is some kind of flashpoint, yeah. I don't know that the Arsenal, um, well, rather the atmosphere at the Emirates has ever been better prepared to ride that and, mm-hmm. and almost mm-hmm. use that as a catalyst than right now. You're saying that because Jim's going to be there. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Jim's always there, but but yeah. if, but if it, it's a different Emirates. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And so, I don't necessarily think that'll be that will be in Spurs' best interest it, If they want to go into the game And, and try and concoct yeah. something like and that
5: Actually the games are really nerve-wracking As a fan as we discussed. discussed like, Every time this fixture comes up for years But when you're in the stadium It's mm, different Yeah, it's like mm. you, you feel energised And you feel really pumped for, it, well, for it Because you know that energy becomes adrenaline essentially. Okay.
3: Well it's a fixture we always look forward to But certainly um, uh, uh, on Saturday early afternoon It's going to be a, a, a grand old time um, Gentlemen let's just move on uh, To the Manchester Derby uh, It's a big one Andy Brassel It is a big one the big question is, how is Erling Haaland going to be stopped by Manchester United? Can Lissandro Martinez do it? Because apparently he's done it before.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's done it before as part of an Ajax team that were absolutely paneling a very sorry Borussia Dortmund so I I think that has to be added for for context but I I guess there will be people who are like look at it and say a Erling Haaland's unstoppable b look at the height difference the the height difference has got absolutely nothing to do with this this matchup
3: yeah well okay if you're worried about the height difference which I I think is I've mentioned before I think going on about Lissandro Martinez's height is ridiculous. Because well, no, because it now, it's it's now, adva-
4: now it's an advantage. Look, Why is that? If cartoons have taught us anything, <laughs> it's that an elephant is scared of a mouse. That's right. And Martinez right. is going to shoot right up his trunk, <laughs> not like that, yeah. like his metaphorical <laughs> trunk, and scare the shit out of him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally not worried. I
3: do think it is um, pretty ridiculous. But, of course, if they're worried about the height, Andy, could they um, maybe bring in Harry Maguire to deal with it? <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, that's got to be the play right i, I think martinez is i, I think actually quite a, a, a decent match for him um because I, I, th- I think if you look at what holland does like to Read his game around how he looks physically is a total misrepresentation of of how he plays. And everyone knows that, don't they? You know, he's a player who who loves the ball in front of him more than anything else. Of course, he's added so much to his game in the second half of the time that he was at Dortmund and he's developing that at at Manchester City. Look, someone's got to stop him at some point. I just think, you know, we've we've seen actually in, in recent years how Manchester United have had a little surprise for City in these games, which I think is, mm. is quite interesting. You know, it, it always feels like the McTominay match, really, doesn't it? I mean, I wonder what could be gained <laughs> from including both him and Casemiro. That would show that Eric Ten Hag is in for the long haul and he understands that bringing his sort of football to Manchester United is going to take more than six months, is going to take yeah. more than a year. And it would just get him such an enormous amount of credit to get any sort of result from this game, wouldn't it? It would,
5: yeah, yeah, this I actually wanted to ask you about this fish. Just how you expect Ten Hag to set up in terms of in, in terms of exactly this? Will will it be sort of not quite damage limitation, but will it be pragmatic and and will it be about just trying to kind of stultify Man City, or is he going to go to try and impose his game on it and try and just win the game on their terms?
4: Yeah, well, I don't think um, pragmatic, and you know, I suppose you know trying to shut them down a mutually exclusive. Mm. Like United have played their best football under Was a small sample size, but you know, with less of the ball. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about the Arsenal game a bit before, but that was primarily built on, on breaks and also just quick transitions, not even transitions in attack, but transitions out of danger, which I think massively helped considering the way that city press you from, you know, in your, in your first third, as it were in mm. their final third. Um, I think the the, the the genuine thing I'm scared about, and I know like it can get a bit irritating maybe for for city fans and football fans in general, the way we talk about Haaland as this kind of superhuman figure. But even even like his origin story, even the <laughs> idea that he grew up as a Man City fan, given yeah, his yeah. dad's history with the club, mm. who knows what he's gonna do to Man United? All I know is can you imagine what he wants to do to Manchester United? Yep. And what he's already done. And like, bear in mind that, like, obviously he's on back-to-back hat-tricks at the moment. City have scored four... The 14-goal City have scored at home in their three three games so far. I think he's the joint highest in Premier League history at this point. And we're at a stage now where it's a bit like, this is his first grudge match. Yes. And obviously he'll develop more grudge matches the longer he's in the league because he'll get, you know, he'll have rivalries with certain defenders, this, that and the other. Yeah. But this is, like, he would have looked at this as soon as he thought about signing for Man City. You know, this would have been on his radar. Yeah, you, you still think you're that relevant, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but al- but almost, in, but, but almost kind of for the same reasons. Almost, almost in terms of the fact that like, you're, you know, you're on the way down, and I'm gonna stomp you're you going yeah, yeah, to Crush you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think he would do that to anybody. I don't think it is. You know, he is sort of like the Terminator. Sure, he's just, just but, to treat everybody yeah, the but, same okay, and that's yeah, an utter contempt.
4: Yeah, Terminator. And now he's a Terminator with a little bit of feel. Well, okay, fine. Know, he's Terminator two. So, yeah, he's yeah. Terminator 2. He's Terminator 2. there we
3: are. Yeah. So we, we're well aware of where Man City's goals are going to come from. What about Manchester United's goals? Because uh, Rashford is an injury doubt, um, and he's you know he scored a few goals with this season. He's, he's not done too badly. Martial's a little bit of a doubt. Could we see Cristiano Ronaldo? In yeah, there? maybe he will start. Actually, I said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has been. He's been in the news after failing to perform for Portugal. He failed to score in either game, which was a 4-0 win against Czech Republic and the 1-0 loss against Spain. So maybe he's slowing down. I don't know. But um, uh, former it- Italy forward Antonio Cassano, remember him? Lovely to bring him back mm. to the table. I'm sure we can all agree. Has suggested that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo should retire. He said, At this point, Cristiano should do himself a favour and understand that if you don't reach a certain level, you should close the shop. Stop! You have to stop or you'll only run into the bench.
4: I think Ronaldo should listen to a man who once gained 14 kilos from eating Nutella. Yeah. While at Real Madrid. <laughs> and not even about being at Real Madrid. White is a very unforgiving color. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Can I can I just play in the away games? Is, is that all right? Yeah.
5: Do you remember Casano was asked what he planned to do when he was when he was going to retire and he said I am going to eat everything. Yeah. yeah. And fair play to him. Maybe that's what he's looking at Ronaldo going, "Can't can't me seriously?" Hungry. He's hungry. He's brilliant like the other he's side. hungry all yeah. the time. I think, if anything, this might actually be a huge boon to, to Man United because Ronaldo uses this sort of stuff as fuel, doesn't he? Criticism yeah. makes him better. So this has probably put another two
3: years on his career. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was just searching around for some criticism and, and he just went, oh, get something from Casano." He's spouting off yeah. as, he, <laughs> as, he's, as he's chomping away. Has uh, he not been on the internet for the last two years? Yeah, is Ronaldo but, is he? I, I, I probably not. Yeah, probably not. Right? you you'd hope uh, not.
5: Yeah, but um, he's yeah. kind of it's it's starting to affect him for Portugal as well, though. This criticism, isn't it? He, play, he played at the weekend. Nothing to do with his age and but, old, not, but... quite. Yeah, but he's but,
4: he's reaching. He's been he's been reaching for two years now. Like obviously, you know, decent goal return mm-hmm. last year. But even like at the back end, yeah, he was he's he's just trying to grasp on the last bits of yeah. Cristiano. But well, he's, think... they're still
5: starting him mm. for Portugal, and you wonder with you know with Rafael Leandro and Jafé Felix in there as well. Is he going to start the World Cup on the bench? Well, it's g- politically quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, don't, Andy, I don't he... think
2: so. I don't, I don't think he does start the, the, the World Cup on the bench. And I think what's Ooh. the notable thing, as we said on OTC yesterday, actually, that um, he, he played 90 minutes of both games against the, the, mm. the Czech Republic and, and, and Spain. And in that second one, particularly against Spain, um, a game in which they had some good chances and, and, and could have won the game. He looked really rusty and i think that is the mm. thing that is in the mind of fernando santos the the, the, the coach the fact that it just looks a bit out of nick at the moment and it felt to me like portugal were trying to sort of get him in nick which ideally manchester united would be doing for them but he's he's just he's just not playing enough to to be that sharp at the moment i don't think
3: yeah manchester united seem to have Quite the hold on some international teams because if, if if Portugal are trying to get Ronaldo ready for Manchester United, you know, England are trying to get Harry Maguire ready for Manchester United as well. I don't know. There's, more uh, influence than maybe we thought.
4: You've got to be nice to us again. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Denmark... <laughs> Otherwise get... we'll ruin your players. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Denmark are trying to get Christian Eriksen ready for Manchester United. To get... I mean, he's impressed uh, for them on international duty. Um, but and you mentioned the World Cup and I've just mentioned Denmark. That leads us neatly, of course, to uh, Denmark revealing that they're going to have a new monochrome kit for the World Cup in protest against Qatar. Uh, Hummel, the kit manufacturer, said it has toned down its logo and its iconic uh, chevrons down the, down the sleeves usually as they don't wish to be visible during a tournament that has cost thousands of people their lives. Uh, and in the statement uh, in the full statement they said with the Danish national teams in New Jersey they wanted to send a dual message. Uh, they are not only uh, inspired by Euro 92 paying tribute to Denmark's greatest football success but also a protest against Qatar uh, and its human rights record. And the Qatar uh, Supreme Committee have responded to this uh, this kit protest uh, as well. So um, we're less than two months away from the World Cup, Jim, and uh, and, and here we are. So Someone has uh, sort of made a move, if you see what I mean. Yeah, not I think done something.
5: There's, there's been some criticism of it and mm-hmm. saying it's essentially sort of empty kind of marketing and it's all just, you know, Hummel could easily not have their logo on the kit at all and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of, I, I, kind of, I do understand that criticism. And at, at first I thought, oh, maybe does this look a little bit cynical? But I think what what is important... Even if that is the case, and even if mm-hmm. that is the motivation, is keeping these conversations going. It's keeping 100%. pressure on yeah. on FIFA, on Qatar, just making opposition to what has happened in the build-up to this tournament, and also to refute essentially Qatar's denial of all this stuff. Mm. When it's very clear that you know that they're they're being dishonest uh, about what's gone on, it just it's important to keep that pressure on 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 everyone basically, and to keep this conversation <clears> going. And I, I think. At the tournament, it'd be very interesting to see what happens.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, as I said, the Qatar, Qatar Supreme Committee have responded. And one of the things they say is that we, their words, we dispute Hummel's claim that this tournament has cost thousands of people their lives. So they're very much against this. But with regards to Hummel and the kit itself, I mean, look, like, I'll be brutally honest. When I saw that kit, I thought, well, that's exactly what you did in, for the Denmark's third kit during the Euros. And I was a little bit cynical. And so on. As I can be cynical towards some brands when it comes to certain times of the year or certain campaigns, mm-hmm. and so on, raising you know when they they jump on the bandwagon. However, as you mentioned there, Jim, if a company is jumping on the bandwagon or or, or whatnot, they are still raising the issue. Yes. So you you can be cynical but accepting at the same time, yeah. perhaps.
4: Yeah, no, I, I I do agree with what you're saying. I also think it's. You know, Denmark have been one of the more vocal teams and FAs when it mm-hmm. comes to this the staging of this World Cup in Qatar. And I think, you know, like deep down, it's obviously not going to make, I, I believe it's not going to make a difference. But as Jim rightly says, like it's keeping the conversation going. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of brands have in the past used, you know, uh, have towed the line with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. or just jumped on the bandwagon when the bandwagon's almost full. Yeah. Where it feels like they're not alone in this and, yeah, and Hummel have no been risk. Yeah, and Hummel have been one of the first to mm-hmm. quite say something. And and by doing so they are risking something. And in fact you know, the their statement was very punchy. It didn't have to be. Yeah. Mm. It it could have been quite mm. simple and it would have probably got the same amount of I, I suppose adoration from people on the sidelines. But because it's drawn Qatar into making this statement, I I, I think there is something in that. Because bear in mind that <laughs> Yeah, there's been a lot of misreporting of figures. There has been a lot of buying people behind the scenes. Um, even the nature of staging this World Cup where it is. I think mm-hmm. we we can all be quite honest about that. Um, and fundamentally, I do feel that sometimes the players are, are put in a very awkward position where they have to talk about this. Yeah. And it's nice to see a brand take the responsibility yes. as it was to mm. see the Danish FA take responsibility yeah. of those conversations. And I think
3: that's a good point. And, and I think that... That again, when when you say, "Is this going to make a difference?" No, You know, there'll be people listening to this going, well, "It's not going to make the blindest bit of difference." No, it won't. And and sadly, the people have died. You know, you know that that is the, 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 one of the tragedies here, of course, about this tournament. That I mean, that is the tragedy. Um, but it's important to not at any point, I suppose, for for a lot of people in this to kind of go, "Right, we've done the protesting. That's enough. Now the football." Because yeah. then there's then yeah. there's that clear distinction of. All oh, right. Well, at some point, everyone then got on board. It's important yeah. to send that message and go that we're not all right with this. You've made your decision. We, we, okay, fine. We're all playing in it, but we're not okay mm-hmm. with
2: this. It's like Jim says. Um, you know, uh, keeping the conversation going is not making the difference that we we want it to make. Um, that's that's not possible. But it it, it is making a difference. I, I feel and like Vish says um, in the response, um, which is gaslighting par excellence by, by the Qatar Supreme Committee because, you know, saying that um, we've got recognition from uh, human rights groups across the world from the strides they've made, that, that, that is plainly not true. That is plainly not true. Ask Amnesty mm. or anyone else who's, who's, who's been working for the interests of of, of the workers off, off the back of this. And it's, it's just... Not the case, yeah. and so I think to give them a bit of rope to provoke them into to saying that is 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 really important. I think to to keep the conversation going, as you say, Marcus, to to not say that right. We've we've said we're against it, and and now we're just going to get on with it. You know, th- th- this is a World Cup that is going to get played, but it's also an incredible global audience to get across the message that what's gone on isn't isn't right.
5: Absolutely, and I think at the tournament. That would be really, really powerful. I'm sure statements will be made. I'm sure there'll be protests. But I think the most powerful thing that could happen, the, the most, because it's about embarrassing FIFA and it's about embarrassing Qatar, really, is that in the unlikely event of dead rubbers in groups in the group games, uh, teams should just not play. And also the third place playoff, but the team should not play that game.
3: Imagine how powerful it would be. Well, it's uh, it's a big idea, Jim. Uh, we shall see. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break.
2: I am Sven-Göran Eriksson, and you are listening to the Football Ramble. Ah, welcome
5: back
3: to the Football Ramble Preview Show. Um, You sound like you've just got out of a spa. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I hear that man's voice, I do feel like that. Um, Just pass me a towel, and uh, we'll be back in. Right, uh, why aren't you wearing a towel in the first place? Because I'm in the spa.
4: You can wear (laughs) what? You're naked in the spa.
3: No, I've got my trunks
4: on. Trunks, okay. (laughs) Speedo. <laughs> well,
3: when I think of the spa, I think of like a jacuzzi, you know, all that sort of thing. Exactly, you know. put,
4: your, put your pants on. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what a start to the second half. Um, how's it going to finish? Uh, well, where we're going to go now, uh, everybody, is um, a quick little update. Uh, I know this is a passion of yours, Jim. Um, keeping up with the Acardis. Yes. Uh, last weekend, this I mean, could Wander Acardi. Uh, yeah, Is she still married to Mauro Accardi? What's going on there? She is.
5: Well, so, I mean, there's been a lot of drama with these two, as you would expect. Yeah. Um, so it began last week when there were reports that they had been burning their furniture mm-hmm. um, at their apartment by Lake Como. There wasn't actually any clarification about whether that was inside the apartment or outside of it. I don't know. It's mm. like they were having a literal
3: blazing row. But you know, the amazing thing <laughs> is that the police and fire brigade were called, yeah. Um And as it said in in the in the the piece, were were, were reportedly called out to monitor the situation. Yeah, I mean, because even I suppose, they didn't <laughs> want to get
4: involved. Yeah,
3: they're <laughs> at it again. But it's their <laughs> stuff. look, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, when we kind of can, as soon as that it sort of starts creeping over the boundaries, we're gonna have to get involved. I don't Do you, know what the laws are like in I, Italy, but d- maybe d- yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the case. When yes. you
4: Do, when you say they were looking at it, were they were they just like in there and they saw this blaze on <laughs> these like mountain tops like. The again? Should yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. yeah, yeah. Let the let the, <laughs> let the brigade fellas know as well. Yeah, that's
5: right. That's burning stuff yeah. now. Yeah,
2: yeah. indeed. It, it feels like it's for show, really, because as um, seasoned Icardi watchers will know, uh, their main apartment in Milan overlooks the San Siro. So to me, it probably means that they're just having a bit of fun. They're probably like trashing the IKEA furniture they've got at the holiday home, not the good stuff, not the Barker yeah. and Stonehouse.
5: They are very much like. Ron and Tammy from Parks and Recreation and if you're not familiar with the (laughs) reference essentially a couple that are just when they're up, they're really, really up. And when they're down, they're really down. So maybe this wasn't up. And we're kind of misunderstanding this. Yes. like, Yeah, let's mm. just burn some stuff. Let's uh, go nuts. Yeah. Then obviously that leads to complications. So um,
3: was, was were the Kings of Leon playing at the time? You know, I don't know.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so Marrow then posted screen grabs of, of Wanda asking him where he was, saying she was toxic and trying to control him. Mm. And then spoke about her, her being single, supposedly single. Then he deleted them and... Posted a picture of himself blowing a kiss to the camera with her tagged in it with a heart and a kiss emoji. Oh. She then said they'd broken up. He then suggested some, he then posted something suggesting they're back on, and it's an old photo from their summer holiday to Rwanda because she's in Argentina at the moment. Mm. He is, of course, in Turkey because he's of Galatasaray. So I love that they like they've got photos ready for when they break up and get back together. Like they they do these shoots like we'll probably need these so let's just get a couple in the in the chamber because <laughs> you know what we're bloody like
3: as uh, as I've said before and I'll say it again it's all just a big shame nice I, It's, you know good for them and their tumultuous they,
5: love they mm-hmm.
4: must have incredible makeup sets
5: unbelievable that is the only like reason. The forming of a star
4: yeah yeah or the burning of furniture yeah. <laughs> but it must be one of those things where they keep having to like one up the previous breakup. I, have we set fires and stuff? We haven't done that yeah. before. No. Where'd you go from there? Yeah. I
2: think it's better. Should we to... take out Mars? Yeah, fuck can... <laughs> <laughs> it. We've got to now. A bank. Do you think that some of the... Because these are quite contradictory tweets stroke Instagram posts, as Jim was pointing out. Do you think mm. that it reflects her dual role as his wife and his agent? So even if... He's annoyed with her in a relationship sense. He's like, Actually, you got me a huge rise at, rise at PSG, which they immediately regretted, and you got me this move to Galatasaray where you convinced PSG to pay 88% of my wages. I, I mean, she is she's she's a good. great agent she's by any good. stretch of the imagination.
3: And I think throughout all of this chat, I think Yaya Artori would have turned to his agent and gone, Well, you do none of this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> none of it. Um, where's the makeup
4: section? Also, yeah. also, if you're ever in negotiation with a to if they walk into your office you want them out as quickly as yeah. possible. Don't you? Whatever, <laughs> honestly whatever you want just yeah. fuck Put up the lighter down. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Please leave. Uh gentlemen back in the Premier League on, no. on Saturday. Sorry. It's not Liv- as good. <laughs> Liverpool host Brighton and Brighton have got a new manager, Jim. Okay? They do. They do. Uh Roberto De Zerbi. De Zerbi. Uh, it's a Derby day for them. Uh, they will he will take charge of his first game. Uh, Lewis Dunk has been very impressed with uh, Derby De so, so far, and he said we had uh, a very good first session. It was intense. He joined in the Rondos. He's got a bit of uh, he's got a bit about him. It's good to see him joining in the sessions. He's technical, loves a flick, and always wants the ball. I mean, sounds a bit like uh, uh, Wander and Mauro, really. Yeah. Stuff, it? But uh, how about that? It's,
5: to me, this is a really interesting test of the new manager bounce, and I, it's a sort of pressure I don't know that the new manager bounce as a concept has ever mm-hmm. been under because mm-hmm. the new managers come in on the back of a winning streak, on yeah. the back of some really really good form. So, how? I mean, I suppose what you need is to to face one of the, the country's best teams at their gaff to really test the
3: strength of that. But they've been misfiring, though, G Well, they have, so the, the, hmm. the, you know, the, the scene is set quite well, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Good news for Liverpool, though, is that Darwin Nunes uh, scored his first goal in almost two months for Uruguay uh, this week, assisted by none other than Luis Suarez. What do you think of Darwin Nunes? Because he's been getting a lot of flack, yet, yet, I can't get past it in that opening game of the season against Fulham when he kept trying to do those little flicks. I yeah. was like, I can get behind this guy.
4: Yeah, yeah. no, I, not... I think it's
5: all banter <laughs> criticism, isn't it? People th- just yeah. want him to fail.
4: I, I think it's yeah. I, I mean, there's always, you know, those types of people in football fandom, and obviously we see a lot of them on Twitter. They're always searching for the next, Ronaldo, aren't they? <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> And I suppose they kind of have it with Darwin Nunez. But I was going to ask Andy about this, actually. Do you think this is just... Because the way I see it, it's a new player adapting to a new league. I have absolutely no problem Mm. with that. I was a little bit surprised Liverpool went for him because he didn't strike me as a Liverpool-type player, even if they had to replace Mane. But do you think the smarter play... Similar to what you said when Spurs signed in Ndombele, do you think the smarter play would have been to wait a year and see if actually this this was that form he showed last season was sustainable I think what's made
2: them bite the bullet and do it now is that even in his previous season with Benfica, where he had those difficulties with his knee, and with COVID, and where he didn't score as frequently, um, he he was never a passenger. You always got a lot out of him. When you're talking about him fitting with Liverpool, I I think he fits with Liverpool really well. He's, He's different to what they had before, and obviously very different to Roberto Firmino, who... By the way, the arrival of Darwin has given him a massive kick up the arse and Liverpool are getting the best form out of Firmino that they've probably got for, for a year and a half or, or, mm. or two years, which is an added value point to, to, to him. But I think the way that Darwin plays every game like it's his last, the way that he presses um, to hell, I, I mean, that's that's what made Luis Diaz adapt so quickly. You, you know what? He, was, he looked brilliant in the first game at, at, at Fulham. I think he'll come back really quickly. He'll adapt really quickly and he'll have a good season for mm. them. Because let's face it, there are more than enough games for him to get stuck, in, to, to get stuck there into. There are.
3: And I want to ask you about uh, Roberto De because we've kind of glossed over that a little bit there. Mm. Um, you say Nunes is maybe a good fit for Liverpool. Um, I, he, he seems a good fit for Brighton, does he not? Considering the work Potter has done there and he, he won the league at um, Shakhtar, he uh, yeah. Was praised for his uh, style of play, possession-based and attacking, and so on. When he was manager at uh, Sassuolo, of course, and a couple of you know decent top half finishes with them. And then when Benevento went down uh, under him, he was still praised for his attacking style. What? What? Do you think that's a good fit? Because
2: really good reading fit. Reading a little really bit of them, yeah. And I think that the devil is in the detail with Sassuolo. It's not just where they finish. Just like with Brighton, it won't be where they finish because you know if they finish like sort of 7th, 8th, w- whatever. That That's probably the ceiling, if, if, if we're being perfectly honest. But that's, that's fine. I think what has stopped Brighton breaking into that top bracket is um, the, the, the fact that they haven't had a centre-forward to make the most of their amazing play. What I think they will hope for from De Serbi, as, as, as I've said elsewhere, is that he can do that with one of their existing players, because they're not going to go and buy like a Darwin Nunez, for example. But what he could do, maybe he could, you know, make leandro trossard into that or make someone else into that i i think you look at the way he developed players at Sassuolo. that's the detail you know uh, the way he got locatelli and raspadori and players like that into the into the italy team and, and and made them top players he's a developer of players that's so important to we've seen that at west ham haven't we with david moyes turning loads of players who were dead weights into really important really good premier league players
3: yeah no I think I think it's I thought it was really good business from Brighton and uh, we shall see what he's made of uh, against Liverpool um although we won't just judge him on that result because that would be a bit silly but of course um Graham Potter himself uh, is Chelsea manager now they're away to Crystal Palace on Saturday afternoon um so yes, I mean of course they were meant to be playing Fulham in his in his first game. But they, uh, they, they're staying in London for it, though. They were and, too scared, weren't they? They were scared. And, and Potter will, obviously, does want another crack at the cottage this season, having been beaten there by um, Fulham with, with Brighton. It's always worth reminding ourselves. <laughs> but, um, Jim, what, what what do you think? You mentioned the new manager bounce earlier. Yeah. Um, will Chelsea get it? Potentially. It's, a, it's an interesting fixture
5: fix to start with, isn't it? Because Palace away is, is a tough one, especially, you know, a little bit of extra because mm-hmm. of Potter's um, association with Brighton as well. But I think this is the biggest change for potter now isn't it essentially you go into most games as the favorites mm-hmm. which he will not really have experienced before certainly at this level that may have been the case with osterson's i'm not really sure but it's obviously it's a massive massive step up in that sense so that will really be a test of how they're going to set the agenda now essentially yeah. and 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 we'll see how how, how he adapts to that but I, I mean i don't think we've seen his ceiling yet so i i
3: I I, ex- I expect him to impress at Chelsea. Actually, yeah, indeed, yeah. Vish, what do you think of Potter to Chelsea? What, do you think he'll hit the ground running?
4: Yeah, I think so. If you look at the players they have and the way Potter likes to play, you know, quite engaging in possession, often misfiring up top. That's basically Brighton. They're basically an expensive Brighton, aren't they? <laughs> But but genuinely, I, I don't know. It kind of it lose a bit, a bit of tongue in cheek. Yeah, okay. One for the banter boys, out there. Uh-huh. one for Jewlsbury. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it, I, I do wonder. Um, it'd be interesting to see how much they buy into what he's trying to do. Well, I think that's because what that, said at the, yeah, yeah, because out of context, he's an exceptional manager. If you look at the way he gets Brighton to play, yeah. So because mm. because the, the Chelsea are basically there and how they played under Tuchel, I think that I think they'll, to, they'll have a total buy-in from that. My my only query, as I joked about at the start, would be the goals. Mm. Chelsea have that problem fundamentally, and where, where does it come from? Does he try and arm other players with that goal scoring? Does he want to see a bit more from Mount and stuff like that? Pulisic's comments about you know feeling like he's revived, given that you know he came very close to the signing on loan for Manchester United yeah, yeah. and just getting way out. It's he's always had a good way of, of um, you know building a, building a team beyond the first eleven, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think Chelsea've always struggled with that because people have felt unloved in very different ways. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of effect he has from there. And very interesting as well. to see
5: what he does with Aubameyang actually, because yeah? I mean Aubameyang's Bamiang's a very very good striker as we know, and very sort of kind of uh, ruthless when he needs to be. Um, and he's kind of been he was missing that at Arsenal. We rediscovered it a little bit at Barcelona. There's a there's a great striker there of a quality that he's he's not had at Brighton. So be very very interesting
3: to see how that dynamic develops yes and of course mm. uh, Patrick Vieira is standing in Potter's way to get a result and he's massive like. so a yeah. very, very big <laughs> like The last one of the last managers one of the last managers you want to stand in your way of three points of course um, one of, uh, of Vieira's predecessors at uh, Selhurst Park of course was Neil Warnock, and perhaps Patrick Vier will take a, a leaf out of Warnock's book, um, and, and maybe play a player out of in, in a totally different position, which would bamboozle Chelsea. I don't know, but we're talking about this because recently was it Darren Ambrose who who, who talked about? Yeah, this? it was. Yeah. It was Darren Ambrose who who, who spoke about the time uh, during uh, when he played for for Crystal Palace. Neil Warnock played right back. Danny Butterfield uh, up front against Wolves. Uh, in the fourth round of the FA Cup. And he did this because Wardock said his wife had a dream the night before that their right back would score the winner against Wolves. Uh, so Warnock thought, well, who am I to uh, to question this? Uh, and uh, Butterfield scored a perfect hat trick in six minutes and forty eight seconds during the second half. Yeah, and in doing so, broke the record for Crystal right. Palace's quickest ever hat trick.
5: This sounds <laughs> apocryphal, doesn't it? But it's it's, it's all there on all YouTube. It absolutely true. happened, and, and the, the commentators
3: first... are making comments about how crazy yeah. it is.
5: And the the first goal is is a header like that is practically on the line. Mm. The second one. He, he gets a little bit lucky. There's a bit of a scuff that the goalkeeper should do, do better. The third one is he's basically messy at this point. The
3: confidence <laughs> like flowing through his
5: veins is amazing. He just like just runs onto the ball and just
3: essentially nutmegs the goalkeeper yeah. with his wrong foot from a tight angle. It is it is amazing. I'm sorry to poor Cold War over this. I, I don't believe for a second that that was Warnock's reason for that. Him playing him up front really? because I think Palace uh, had, with everything Palace you know Palace, about the man
4: Palace did have a striker. Um,
3: they did, problem, didn't they? They had a striker problem, mm. and I think they had financial problems as well around about the time. And I reckon Warnock being, well, I think this is more likely that Warnock thought to himself, right. Well, we need to maybe play someone else up front. Who's quite quick, or who, like who do I think might fit the bill? And Warnock's mm. the type of player that will just think, "Yeah, you're like a little whippet; you can go up front, nuisance value, or yeah. whatever." I'll make up a story about a dream, and I think he'll do that to make <laughs> it funny, to make it like it is your destiny today, son. Yeah, you're going to do and this, take the pressure know. off to an extent. As <laughs> well. Exactly. Yeah.
4: I, I also think fundamentally, even if 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 that was true, if we have all the facts in front of us there before we you know entered into a you know entered our caveats of our own, mm. I still think even though he scored a hat trick. That is still a fucking terrible idea. Don't do that again. (laughs) Don't do that again. (laughs) Just because it worked, it's still a terrible idea.
5: Yeah. I know what you mean. I don't know whether he tried it again, actually. Ah, well.
4: Also, it depends, doesn't it? Because, like, Warnock, responsible manager, been in the game a long time, knows it. Well, manager. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then, like, you wouldn't want... If if, Mario Kart came to you was like, right, my wife had a dream, and I I do not want to hear (laughs) it. I do not want to hear it. This is not the forum for that.
3: No. Absolutely not, absolutely not, gentlemen. Uh, before uh, we get to the uh, the grand finale of uh, the preview show, of course, I'd like to to bring this to the table. Um, we received an email this week uh, from a uh, Patrick, I assume not Vieira, um, to inform us that. Um, Kevin Keegan will be hosting the British International Freight Association Awards uh, this year, the BIFA Awards. Uh, and on the awards, the, uh, the BIFA Director General said, Since the 1970s, Keegan has been a pivotal, uh, pivotal influence on the way football is played, managed and perceived in Britain. And we hope BIFA members will use that example to put together category award entries, which show how they are also pivotal to the successful management of freight transport and international supply chains. The clock is ticking with just a few days left until the entry deadline, but there is still time to beat the final whistle, emulate Kevin and score a last-minute goal by submitting entries for the awards. Not needed. Not a a word of that is needed, is it?
4: So, I know on this show... Get
5: your nominations in. Kevin Keegan's hosted. Whenever
4: whenever Keegan comes up, Uh, we all take the piss out of him. We all have a laugh at his expense. But I should say, I've looked into this... And he does actually have experience in this field specifically. Yeah. Um, so I found out that in March 2021, he was one of the consultants for a container ship that was passing through the Suez Canal. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, haven't, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but he, ha- he has done it before. So if anyone's worried about his credentials... <laughs> Honestly, no need. They've got the right man for the job.
3: Oh, by the way, somehow it will turn out that all the uh, the backlog of uh, lorries down by Calais, it's not Brexit, it's Keegan's fault.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and he's broken down in front of them. Like, he just won't start. <laughs> Uh, Why are you trying to force a biscuit into the ignition? Yeah. Is he doing loads
5: of these that we that we're not not aware of? <laughs> Will we ever top the meat industry? or well, I'm I'm thinking we've got no, I think the not. meat industry wars and freight now. I wonder if there's more that we've not been aware of. That just also, been generally, right. yeah. like
4: supply chains are a huge deal at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly they've got a, they've a, got who's, a big name in. A who's winning an award? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: and B, why are you leave but, but, him alone? But this is
3: going to end. Remember the, remember the meat industry awards <laughs> when it ended up with him field, like fielding and fending off questions by angry yeah. people. As, as you say, Vish, at the moment, it's just gonna, he's just. Gonna what take... are you going to do about Dover? <laughs> What are you going to do at over to
5: Cal- <laughs> What <We> come- <laughs> you You're not just here for the money, are you? Oh, it's the Meat Industry Awards all over again. You don't care about supply chains, Kevin. You're oh. just trying to transport your own meat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Show at footballramble.com, everybody. <laughs> right, time for this.
0: Dean Smith also says you're an encyclopedia of football. A what? An encyclopedia of football. I don't
3: know what that means. Oh, but we do. (laughs) Hello, everybody. It's time for Jack's Encyclopedia. You know the drill. We give uh, Andy, Vish and Jim a topic. You have to uh, get a right answer. We go round uh, the the table. uh, And, of course, uh, if you get a wrong answer, you're you're eliminated from that round. You all know what we're doing. Right, gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. 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 Sort of. Mm -hmm. Right, Okay. So... Uh, Jim, we're going to start with you. Then we go Jim, Andy, Vish, and so on. Uh, we will start with this is your uh, your your topic for, for for starters. Manchester United squad members for the nineteen ninety nine UEFA Champions League final. So they can't have started the game or just anyone. No, they could oh, They're, right, they're okay. in the squad. So starters, those on the bench. And so, are you looking? No, I'm thinking. You were looking. <laughs> you were looking. <laughs> think. Look. Look over there when you think, you little cheater. Right. Okay. All so right. of you course, ready? if you uh, if you um. If you're taking your time, then you're gonna hear this noise. The headline has been
2: written.
3: And as soon as the music starts and you haven't answered, you're out. Okay, Jimmy. Okay. Fire away. Peter Schmeichel.
2: Oligana Solskjaer.
4: Teddy Sheringham. David Beckham. Ryan Giggs. Henning Berg. It's wrong, Vish. I'm a, I thought that,
3: do you know what, as you said that, I thought to myself, yeah, that's right, and then he wasn't there. Oh, he's, it's the John what? Terry thing, what? isn't it? Yeah. That's why it was, uh, <laughs> he was an ever-present in the, in the, in the side that what season, but it? not for the Champions League final. Um, so you are eliminated from uh, that round. Jim Campbell. Ronnie Johnson. That is correct. Andy.
2: Jesper Blomqvist.
3: Oh, he started the final. Gaddy Neville.
2: Dwight York. David May. Of course. Oh. Nice. Andy Cole.
3: Dennis Irwin. <laughs> Nicely done, Jim.
2: Ooh. Andy. I need this to Am I going to go Phil Neville? I'm going to go Phil Neville. That is correct. Yapstam. Lovely. <laughs> I'm going to reserve goalkeeper this. Go on. Raymond van der Howe.
4: Fuck off, Andy. Well played. For God's sake. I had that written down as well. <laughs> Keith <King> Gillespie.
3: <sighs> Andy, you need to get this, otherwise, we go round again.
2: Tuffy, Tuffy, toughy. It's Torres! To Chelsea... um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm out.
3: <laughs> You're still alive, Jim. You're still alive. So we're in sudden death now.
4: We not all get a point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
5: God, I think I might know name a player who's already been named. Um, I'm
3: going to give you. I'm going to give you both a clue. I know this is not what uh, hosts should do, but
5: no, the game's
2: got to finish.
3: Yeah, yeah, the game's got to finish. There's a starter that neither of you have got. Someone who started the final. I'm sure there is. (laughs) Come on, Jimmy, Andy Cole. Andy Cole has already been said Andy Brassel so, for the yeah. win
2: Nicky Butt There it
3: is ah! Started the final In the centre of midfield Which I, did, I think did. Uh, David Beckham um, So uh, Andy is 1-0 up Andy is 1-0 up That was a disaster you're back in All to play The other two players uh, Jonathan Greening and where's Brown? <sighs> yeah. Ah, oh, wow. Where's Brown, who would go on must to... must have been f- 15 at the time. Must have been. I'm uh, pretty sure he got an assist he years did, later. He crossed it with his left foot. In a, in a Champions League final. Okay. Beautiful. Andy Brasso, you are to begin this round. We are talking Premier League goalkeepers with 100 clean sheets or more.
4: Ooh. It's a tough one.
3: It's a tough one, this. But, uh, but that's what we're about here on the Football Ramble. Toughness. Just look at Vish. Right, Andy. You, to begin fire away
4: Petr check correct david james peter Schmeichel. Oh, this is this is hard i think
3: come on andy
2: it's torres to give Chelsea a 20... jens Lehmann.
3: jens Lehmann is not a good answer Andy Bows out.
4: Vish. David Seaman.
3: Edwin
5: Vandersar, Well played.
4: Ooh,
3: ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh.
4: Nigel Martin.
3: Very well played. Very mm. well played. David De <laughs> Nicely done, Jim. Back to Vish. Shitbox. You yeah, little <laughs> shitbox. Um. there are gettable answers still gentlemen
4: ooh ooh (laughs) Alison
3: not Alison I'm afraid tough one this Jim for the win for the point rather
4: you go Larice.
3: Well played. I well oh, oh. brought that out of the bag.
4: I thought about longevity and I thought about mm. actually someone who's played and played in a good team. Yeah. Is that, no? It's a
3: bit of a tough one, that. Uh, other answers you could have had Brad Friedel, Ooh. Joe Hart, mm.
4: UC Yaskalinen,
3: <sighs> Mark Schwarzer, Pepe Reina. Shay Given, Thomas Sorensen. Tim Howard. There we are. There we wow. are. Ooh. Perhaps not too not many. That ones. many, not, in, that in many. not that many, though. Not that many. Not that many. Mm. Um, we have even fewer answers for this last one, good. gentlemen. Uh, Vish, you are to go first. So, what have we got? One point to Jim. Mm-hmm. One point to Andy. Nil point. Nil point for Vish. You could, you could, you could tie it all up, brother. I could get a point. Indeed, and that then we would go to our, our, our tie break question, of course. But Andy and uh, uh, and Jim could win it outright. Okay. Last category, Vish, you are to go first. Teams who have played five or fewer Premier League seasons. This is, It's a tricky one, this. It is a tricky one. Vish.
4: Five or fewer.
3: Yeah. Vish, fire away.
4: Oldham Athletic. Mm.
2: Nicely done.
3: Good start. Good start. Jim. Bradford City. Well played, sir.
2: Swindon Town.
3: Lovely start to the game there, gentlemen. Hull City? Reading.
2: <laughs> oh, I was going to have them. Ipswich Town. Brought it out of the bag. Brentford.
3: Very well done. Huddersfield. Love that.
2: Ah, uh, I, I I think they're on the cusp.
4: Middlesbrough.
3: Andy bows out. Vish.
4: Coventry City. What?
5: No, Coventry were mainstays for a long, long time. Oh, you know. God. It took ages I, I... to get rid of them. Jim for the win. Someone's for the, the win, Jimmy baby. Oh, this is surprisingly oh, tough. It's it five is. or fewer. At this point, it's a difficult one. <laughs> this is
3: difficult. <sighs> Can Jim win it? It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. Wigan Athletic. Has... Oh, oh, close. Ooh. So uh, that means Vish is back in, but not Andy. So it's a straight shoot out between Vish and Jim. Vish, what have you got? Blackpool. Good answer. Very good. Mm. Jim. Um,
4: shit. <laughs> it's
3: tough. It is.
4: It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the January Birmingham
3: City. Final. <laughs> yeah. It's all square. If a three-person oh. thing can be square, <laughs> tough so one. Crumbled. That Yes. <laughs> I had one more. I had one more to go, on. go. Who do you have? Cardiff City. That would have. That was a correct answer. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Cardiff City, Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley. Oh, that's what I was looking for. Mm. Sheffield United. Sheffield, Sheffield United, that's one surprising. Yeah. You just had to really think Neil Warnock. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right then, we've go to a tie break, and I am I am so delighted. So delighted <laughs> that we've gone for a tie break this week. Because the tie break round is and, and we'll start back at you, with you, Jim. Okay. International teams Alexandra Mitrovic has scored against. No, no. what? <laughs> he scored fifty international goals, man. It's not like he's got three. I'm pretty sure he scored 50 he definitely uh, I think he added to his tally the other day um, Jesus Christ! It, what it's man he's scored tons of goals yeah 50, 50 international goals and 76 international yeah you're right it should be easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we do a different one?
4: No Vish oh, I knew you'd moan Can we do like people gym like?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well you'd know who not to say then wouldn't you? You Well okay Now then Jimmy baby International teams Alexander Mitrovic has scored against And there's, there's a lot to choose from here I'm sure there is Fire away Austria It's a strong start
4: <laughs> You didn't know that was right <laughs> did you? Andy
3: Andy will get one easy
2: Portugal yeah.
4: <laughs> Scotland?
3: What? You're out. Sod off. <laughs> didn't even score his penalty in the shootout against him. Crying out loud. Uh, Jim. Back to you. Norway. Mm-hmm. Did he score against Norway? He did very recently. How is actually.
4: that happening? He doesn't even know. Did, I think a good score in the Nations League. What? My more, guess is
3: right. Bring himself level with Haaland as top scorer at the uh, UEFA Nations League. If you pay attention, you'd still be in, and you wouldn't be floundering away on the sidelines over not there. Not floundering and moaning, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't clattering on, <laughs> Andy. Does that have an answer, Sweden. Did I get the impression Andy actually knows. Yeah, because well, Andy pays attention, that's why.
0: Yeah. But he's All not right. going to
4: say Turkey so, though, is he? He's one of the top Coward. strikers
3: of our time. Uh Jim <laughs> Turkey. Uh-huh. Get it? <laughs> 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 Andy.
2: <laughs> Look, any decent international goal record. I'll just has say to a fucking team. A goal against San Marino, surely.
3: San Marino you say? San Marino, San Marino. Jim Campbell <laughs> wins. <was> <laughs> Big Jimmy, baby.
5: I don't know if I call it flawless, <laughs> but I'll take the victory. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. Play that to its end, Jim, for you. Uh, I'm not sure if they've come up against San Marino. Uh, Serbia or Ur, if they have not that many times A- Azerbaijan Bolivia China uh, Croatia Cyprus France Georgia Republic of Ireland Romania Russia Slovenia Lithuania Luxembourg Moldova Montenegro uh, Sweden as you said Switzerland Ukraine Wales Nigeria Paraguay So many to choose from Bish. There's just like loads in there 50 <laughs> international goals 50 Yeah Yeah Five. 0 oh.
4: can't believe you won with Turkey. <laughs> you gave me the idea.
3: All right, it's a robbery. There we are,
4: everybody. It's like turning one of Andy's kids against it <laughs> uh,
3: Well, the good news is, everybody, the keys are out. They're in there the lock. Go. That's it. I'm a fireball, baby. Get pit on the go. Thank you very much for listening to the football ramble preview show, sponsored by Betfair. Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Vichy. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. See you soon.
1: The Football Ramble is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.